0: 8 to 10 p.m. The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda. The Viewpoint with Asraf Garda
1: Thanks for that, uh, Nandi Super well, Supersport United are leading Pirates 1-0. It would have been 1-0 a minute ago. Pirates had a penalty. Happy Jelle took the penalty. Didn't score. Missed it. SuperSport 1, Pirates, in a significant game after Sundown's had dropped points yesterday, remember? Which uh, in that tussle for the league title is one thing. So we'll update you on that game as and when things happen. What, 77 minutes going in the game. So we're coming close to the end of that game. So you may want to take a budget of what's going to happen with the league title in the PSL. Well, what about the budget as in the budget? So here you are. One word you want to use to describe the budget. Not a sentence. Just one word. OK, tell me one word, just one word that for you sums up today's entire budget speech, entire delivery by Tito Mboweni. What would that be? Um, I've had some fascinating uh, Posts already on Twitter, and you can tweet right away SFM Viewpoint. Hashtag use that hashtag. Tag SFM Radio, tag me, Ashraf Ganda. You can also post it on the SFM Radio uh, Facebook page as well as mine. But call in that's the best thing 0891104207. Especially if you want to have detailed discussion around uh, today's budget. What is it besides the one word? What's your overall assessment of what you heard? Does it really matter? Of course, it matters because basically the budget is about. Where the government plans to spend money and should be a reflection of where their priorities lie. So, with that in mind, we're going to have two guests besides you calling in and giving your viewpoint. Mark uh, Servitz is with me; he's the co-founder of Text. Tim. Mark, appreciate your time. Hi.
0: Good evening, Ashraf, and good evening to your listeners. Thank you.
1: Perhaps you, let me start with you. One word to describe uh, the budget uh, speech today?
0: I was going to say balanced, but probably harsh. Um, it <laughs> depends which depends where you are on the spectrum, and if you're receiving or giving.
1: Okay, so you say balance, but you're also saying it's probably harsh. Why, why, why do you say that? So for taxpayers specifically,
0: it's quite harsh because there's really no relief for taxpayers. I mean, we, we're lucky there was no tax increase if... Uh, an, a real increase, other than the bracket, the bracket scope, but essentially there was no relief for taxpayers at all. And I think when you look at the number that's available for ESCOM over the next three years, taxpayers will say, "Well, I'm paying for that, and 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 why aren't I getting some benefits for uh, in the future?" So I think that's where where taxpayers look and say, "It could have been better for me, but uh, I still say it could have been a lot worse."
1: But but in the uh, in the line chauvin, I think it came through earlier now around what a 15 billion rand shortfall in terms of their budgeted income in terms of, uh, yes. of in terms of the fiscal. Uh, clearly, there was there was no surprise that it was no tax decrease isn't it
0: there was, yeah i mean i don't think we were expecting that at all i think there were some things around investment investment and uh, wealth taxes in the sense of capital gains or, or or potentially around the dividends and so you know the fact that we didn't get that um and that some of the, even the sin taxes didn't increase by as much as it could have i said you know there may be something where where, where taxpayers could 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 be joyful for otherwise everyone basically if you earn no increase this year you're going to get 153 rand. Extra in your in your in your salary for the year, but the cost of living goes up and SARS aren't going to um, assist you with that. with the inflation linked uh, increases in the tax brackets, so that's really where people are going to suffer.
1: Okay, so no tax decrease, but you're saying no surprise there, much to people's disappointment. Are you surprised that there was no tax increase? The last oh, yeah, time, the, the last time, of yeah. course, was the issue of the back increase, right? Uh, to to recover some other severe losses. Are you surprised at that?
0: Um, i think I think it 's an election year I think sixty nine will let 's say twenty three billion uh, rand available for escom this year. I think to try and add a tax increase to that in this environment would never have, would never have happened so so um, that 's why I said the only way you could maybe go is through dividends or through capital gains, but there again there 's only so much money you can get from the wealthy so in that case uh, sort of tax neutral in the sense of nothing, no decrease, no increase probably worked out quite well
1: and one of the things going into the budget was, you know, of course different political parties say different things. I think by and by and large, none of the opposition political parties have given it a thumbs up and I'm suggesting that I've tweeted about it to say I've yet to find a single opposition party giving a budget speech a thumbs up unless they they're a very, very junior party a party and they're going into coalition with with the with the senior party. I mean that that's part for the course, isn't it? If they if they too much in agreement, too much of praise they're effectively telling the voter coming into an election period now that uh, actually we're impressed by by those people, aren't we?
0: Oh, completely. I mean, as you say, just before an election, how on earth can a, can an opposition party say that you know the budget is really good or, or whatever it is? But as you as you also mentioned is where is the alternative budget that opposition parties sh- should present? The same with you know ESCOM and the issues as to what to do to split it up. Where is Cassati's plan for ESCOM if not? to split it up or if not to offer retrenchments. So it's very easy to say that it's not good. But unless you have some form of alternative, this is the best that can be done. And I think the minister did a did a did a very balanced job with in a terrible environment with terrible pressures and kind of said, you know, this is all we can do. But he for me he laid plans. So he didn't just say there were goals, he had goals and plans. I think that seems to be the first time in the last couple of years we've heard that from the minister.
1: Well lots to talk about. I certainly welcome your engagement and you can Call in OH9110427 if you wish to talk budget. Happy to take your calls. SMS is otherwise 40938. WhatsApp voice notes maximum 30 seconds, but 20 seconds even better, by the way. Uh, And that is 061411. one oh four one oh seven. Uh, otherwise, just tweet us hashtag SFM viewpoint tag me Ashraf Gander, as well as SFM Radio. My guest is Mark Sebats, was the co-founder of Taxtum. So certainly the budget, but very much so. So your speciality would would be around around taxation, right? H- how much therefore do you look at the macro discussion that takes place around the budget, Mark?
0: So, I mean, personally, that's, that's also uh, it's just being in the financial services sector. I mean, that's a very big interest of mine. And so, so I look around to say, if you look at the growth rates, you, I mean, taxes are the, are, the, are the direct specialization. But those taxes need to come from somewhere. So there has to actually be a macroeconomic growth in South Africa. Otherwise, tax revenue cannot go up to pay for these things. So for me, looking at that bigger space, you look at the growth rates, forecasts, 1%, 2% to achieve what needs to be done. um, Really, we need to focus on that and and, and ensuring that we do achieve um, the 1% growth in the next year and then the 2% afterwards to ensure that the economy as a whole functions. Otherwise, we're not going to achieve those targets. And then that money available for ESCOM and other SOEs is not going to happen. And that's where we can have an issue with the, the rating agency. So so that really needs to be lo- – the budget needs to be looked at entirely and not just from a tax perspective or, or a spending pers- uh, perspective per department. Now, I
1: said at the outset that uh, the budget – in, in effect, not doesn't just follow up on the state of the nation address, but it's a reflection of government priorities, right? Uh, with, with that in mind, yes. w- what did you glean from well from the budget in terms of where the government is prioritising spend? I,
0: I think I think the minister is looking quite differently now to to where it was in the past, um, and, and prioritising growth, infrastructure, and capital expenditure because we can't just keep comp- uh, keep paying for things that uh, operational expenditures. So for every year, we are just kind of paying the bills. We need to be able to develop some growth in order to to maximize uh, the the economy in that way. So there seems to be a a, a bigger focus on on the capital expenditure, saying to even the SOEs as well, we are not going to pay your operational and your your wage bill basically every year. We will give you money to build, and we will give you money in order to grow. So that's where the focus is, I think, is, is, is not just creating one element of it that actually actually empowering the economy and the minister looking and saying, well, how, how do we actually reduce wasteful expenditure? So that's the other side of it because that extra, that's money thing going nowhere. So, so things like, you know, a new commissioner at SARS and what can that do? Or looking at, um, looking at not giving, giving states money for, 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 for just this just, just, just money without them having to pay it back. So if a, if a company knows or an entity knows they've got to pay some money back, they're going to be less wasteful. That money isn't for free. So it needs to be actually be utilized properly. So I think that's where the focus is.
1: All right. Let, let's talk then about uh, this very important issue of state-owned enterprises or state-owned enterprises, and specifically this one that is dominating our lives because it's a blackout <laughs> Escom. What, what, what What's your take on what came through around that?
0: So I think um, the minister, you know, he mentioned there's going to be a bailout. Uh, let's maybe not use bailout. There's going to be support for ESCOM. Uh, over the three years, and then I think there's a 10-year plan. But at the same time, he did speak about not growing the wage bill at ESCOM. He also spoke about strategic partners were mentioned, uh, which is rarely mentioned from this government. And he also spoke about um, not taking on ESCOM's debt into the balance sheet of government, of, of South Africa. So it will have to be paid back. So I think they're looking at it and saying, we, we know that we need to help ESCOM out. But at the same time, we need to do something differently. And how do we balance the, all the forces in South Africa who want different things? in such a way that the lights don't go off. And, and that's quite a pragmatic approach, instead of swinging left or right um, and, and not coming to the solution and sort of just continuing continuing where we are. So the ministers seem to be quite pragmatic towards ESCOM, but again, it relies on growth, because how are we going to pay for that money, you know, pay, pay that pay that, 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 support? So so the lights have to stay on in order to function, to grow the economy, so that they can pay for themselves. So um, the minister's got a tough job at his hand, and uh, I think they really need to, they're going to have to work really hard.
1: And of course, what, what did they, they? They've appointed a, a chief, not, not turnaround officer, uh, uh, but, but something basically a fix it for Escom, right? Yeah. What, what, what's the title? Do you remember? Chief uh, re- re- restructuring Rest- or so, some, something like okay. oh, re- that. Well, uh, we, we got it. Like how, <laughs> how significant is that? That there, there's a specific Mister Fix it or Mrs Fix it title for the person. That's how important the turnaround is.
0: Well, it's a big thing in, 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 in larger economies in, in the United States, in the United Kingdom. They talk about these czars who actually specialize specifically in a particular industry or in a particular company. So while the board and the new board is functioning really well, it does help to have, have someone with special uh, expertise looking at it and consolidating it In, in, in you know when government had a war room a few years ago for ESCOM, that sort of thing. But actually having someone with the right expertise directing it, whilst ESCOM is – functioning on its own as is anyway but having someone be responsible for rehabilitating or or, or getting it back on, on its foot on its footing and maybe splitting it up if that's what they need to do so i think that's a fantastic idea
1: all right what about this ascom to privatize or not to privatize not that the government or the anc has suggested they will but it's certainly the big topic of discussion all of the last two weeks and once again has come to the fore even when the minister doesn't say anything about it what's your take on that
0: it has to be both. So it can't be only national, you know, owned by government. And it can't only be owned by, 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 private, by private industry, because ESCOM we have one power supply other than independent power producers, obviously. And, and it plays a huge role in the economy. And, and so there has to be a level of, of, of government, government oversight. So if, if government and, pri- and the private sector could come together and figure out a way to jointly manage this behemoth that is Eskom, I think that would really help a lot. That way, there's no free money flying around. So ESCOM has to prove that it can afford what it's doing. And at the same time, government is able to, to exert some form of control over something that does affect you know, the entire country um, and can't just be left to the forces of the market because perhaps if something fails at that stage, then it might be too late. So it has to be a combination of the two of them.
1: I see there's a tweet from... Uh Kevin uh, Sifiso Malunga, who is the deputy public protector, you know, just a general tweet saying, my views opposing the sale of state owned enterprises are longstanding and founded on bad precedent elsewhere, such as in Argentina and parts of Africa. Usually such sales result in stripping of state uh, by current political elites and international consortia rather fix them. So, so your, your thoughts on that? You could do both.
0: I mean, there's no way, you know, there's no one answer for all of it. It's not an extreme, as I said, either nationalization or, or full private, private ownership. And we've seen these things in the past. And, 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 and I, I think if you put things, mechanisms in place in order to, you know, around control and around the ability not to, 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 to fire all the staff or to strip the assets, then I think it can be done. But that's why a conversation needs to be had. The private sector needs to say we're not going to do things in the normal you know, sort of neoliberal capitalist views. And the, and the government needs to say, well, it can't only be government run and, and, and that type of, uh, of methodology. Something in between. If we don't change and we only stick to one or the other, then we're going to have these views all the time. And nothing will, it, it will get better because they're, but neither, neither extreme works. Something in the middle. So I, well, the Deputy Private Protector is right, but I, I don't think it needs to be as extreme as full privatization. And the concerns that are raised, they can be mitigated. Things can be done to, to deal with that.
1: Okay. I see the projected uh, GDP growth 1.5%, 1, 1. I think. is It's down from the 1.7 earlier yes. forecast. Your, your take on that?
0: Uh, well, I mean, I'm, I've been worried. I mean, if you look back at 10 years, if you had to take a, a projected through, the, through the, the February budget into the medium-term policy statement, and you look at the projected growth year on year, that goes down. So what does that say about revenue? So, so, so if, if it goes down, and that is why we've got to the position from a surplus in the economy down to where taxes, essentially, they aren't raised, but there's not even an inflation adjustment because there's no money available. So if economic growth keeps, keeps going down, eventually we're going to get to zero on, on a growth forecast. So, so the future three years is based on that growth. Now, we, we're spending money on ESCOM. We're spending money on other things as well. If the growth is wrong and we're already at 1% or 1.5%, and that's wrong, how much room is there left, and then what happens? Uh, and I think that's the problem. So again, it does come down to growth. So I really hope this time those forecasts are correct. Um, it shouldn't take much to get to that one and a half percent, as long as no, there's no interference in the economy uh, or, or the corruption gets, you know, the corruption is, is tailored down. Um, we should be able to achieve that. That should be achievable. And then the minister has set the right benchmarks.
1: And help us understand. You know, for people listening, about when we say, you know, what's the difference between one point five percent growth and say a three percent or a five percent with some of the other countries, uh, mainly in Asia, performing it? Like, how does that matter to someone listening right now?
0: So, I mean, a three to five percent is quite is quite quite high in the current economy, um, in, in, the, in the global economy at the moment. And essentially, if you if you if you put it to the man on the street and you say, well, how does it affect you? And you look at the inflation rate; it's probably the best measure. If you're growing less than the inflation rate, and and, and therefore, everything around you is growing less than inflation. Yet the inflation number is higher. So it's costing you more to live. Your, your paycheck is worth less each month. But the actual economy is growing less than that. Eventually, that catches up. And, and so you, you will run out of the ability to spend your money. It, will go, grow to, it, won't, it won't grow enough. There are other economies around the world who, who are more, who are growing much faster. Their population sizes, there's a, a bigger middle class that's growing. So it is different country by country. But we, as a country, should be growing a lot faster than this. There are structural things that need to change because 1, 1.5% one, one will not get us to deal with unemployment and those sorts of issues. Okay. And, and so that's, that, that has to be the fundamental is, 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 there
1: one, is there one final point you want to leave us with that, you, that you, you've picked out of the budget that you wish to share? I think uh,
0: very very not related to what we've been speaking about, but but tax related is that um, I think I think uh, treasury and SARS have looked, looked at some finer details as how they can actually help It's a, it's a personal thing uh, for us at tax them is, is uh, retired people and how they, they they get taxed, and a lot of them get different annuities, and unfortunately, when they have to file their tax return, they have to pay money into SARS um, because each 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 annuity they got never took off tax, and that that's a cash flow burden so SARS have looked for a way to how to deal with that so that they don't have that issue. And I think for, for taxpayers and, and for a lot of taxpayers out there with multiple jobs even, that could help them a lot. So I think that was a really good takeaway in the more micro level.
1: Mm, a Good point. Okay, that's where we're going to leave it. Thank you for your time uh, and Thanks, certainly Patrick. some and some really good insights that you've shared uh, today. That's Mark Savitz, who's the co-founder of TaxTim, as in T-A-X-T-I-M, TaxTim, uh, giving us his thoughts on the budget, certainly from a taxation point of view. That's really important. We'll get another take on this with Johan van Tonda right after this. No, 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 no. I Tamba. not again.
2: But I'm trying, my love.
1: Well, you need to get help.
2: Are you struggling to
1: get things started in your relationship? At Men's Clinic, we have the expertise to help you reignite the spark.
2: SMS help to 32110 or send a please call me to 072-315-2574.
1: Woo! Ha-ha! Yes! That's my man.
2: Keys and C's apply. SMS's cost one
0: red. Not sure what to do on Friday nights? SABC3 brings you great Friday night movies this February. On 1 Feb at 10.30 p.m., join us for Fatal Memories. Then on 8 February at 9.30 p.m., join us for Buried Secrets. On 15 February at 9.30 p.m., cuddle up on the couch for Barefoot. And then on 22 February at 9.30 p.m., we end February Friday nights with City of God, the best Friday night movies with SABC3.
2: It's round two of Lido Daduva versus Lions of the North. Since we le, 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 le. the last time the fans brought their voice,
0: their battle ended in a titanic two-hole draw. <laughs> Oyosu, Mutambo. Mutambo one, one Who will reign supreme this time? Be there and be the difference. Bring your voice to Toyando Stadium on 24 February, 3.30 p.m., when Black Leopards defend their home turf against Highlands Park. This is the absolute Premiership. shift. <laughs> na so bring your voice. The viewpoint eight to ten pm on
1: S F M. All right, we still continue talking budgets. You can engage me oh eight nine one one oh four two oh seven. I think that uh, that uh, results in the PSLs. A result now, it's a final score because they shaking hands, which means Supersport United have beaten Orlando Pirates by one goal to nil. A reflection, Pirates missing a penalty about uh, 20 minutes ago. Okay, Johan van Tonner is with me, who is the financial wellness researcher and economist at Momentum. Johan, good chatting to you and thanks for your time. Uh, good evening, how are you? I'm very good indeed. Right, We've been asking everybody, and i ask you this as well, one word that you wish to use to describe today's budget speech, just one word
2: uh stabilization
1: stabilization okay why do you say that
2: well if things are going bad you first need to stabilize before you can turn it around and things have been going very bad for a very long time so what the minister has been trying to do is to stabilize government finances and from there onwards maybe turn it
1: around okay and, and what what for you is the evidence that in fact government uh, wishes to stabilize but let's get this right this is not they haven't stabilized the budget is a wish list right what's your evidence that they're going to do just that
2: well what they've been trying to do is if we just look at uh, and and writing on to what your previous um, guest said they've been trying to stabilize income in other words getting rid of the uh, VAT refunds that they totally underestimated but Working the refunds down so that in future they can actually start collecting more taxes. Had it not been for that uh, refunds, uh, revenue would have been much much higher. But that's as a result of policies of the past. So they've been trying to get rid of that, and once they get rid of that, well, you should see uh, faster growth in that collections as well as in revenue going forward. So that tells me that they're trying to stabilize the revenue, and the second one is not increasing um, income taxes, although they didn't give uh, inflation relief. At least they kept the brackets the same. But, yeah, that's that's basically it. And on the other side, it's on the expenditure side. Um, They try to actually reduce expenditure uh, from a real uh, expenditure uh, growth point of view. They didn't really succeed, but uh, at least you could see they attempted by creating an expenditure ceiling. So they've been trying to stick to that. So I think from from year onwards, um, and if the economy is going to grow by 1.5% as they envisage, then we might see an even better budget next year than they, they estimate.
1: Well, we'll certainly see. Is there anything that surprised you in the budget? You know, Either good surprise or bad surprise?
2: Well, the only thing that really surprised me was the chief reorganization officers that they're going to bring in for state-owned enterprises, although I think it's something long overdue but it's not going to be very easy from now on for for start enterprises to to simply borrow money for operational um, reasons. So that was a good surprise for me. Um, another one. Why? Was, why, why, was why
1: did it surprise you? Why, why, you know, the fact is, in this case specifically mm-hmm. for ESCOM, right? The fact is, uh, you know, they've got problems. We all know that, right? Why, why would that surprise you of, of the need to really send in a fixer?
2: Well, I didn't expect that's the route they're going to go. Actually, uh, I expected that they're going to be stricter on state-owned enterprises, but uh, the appointment of a chief uh, reorganization officer was was another route going. So it was more surprising because of the route they went. Um, but very glad for what they what they're doing.
1: Okay, and and then the, so that's the one surprise. Any other surprises?
2: Um. Is also the, the additional focus on youth employment by extending the program um, for much longer because it's been hugely successful. So I didn't expect it for, to be extended for that long, but um, what they they recognized after doing a lot of research that it's a successful program for the youth. So... Uh, by extending it uh, further, uh, what's a very good thing.
1: Now, people listening at the end of the day will we'll reflect on some of the macro policies as discussed by the political parties, and they all, nobody seems to like the budget, maybe expectedly so. How does the budget change things for the person in the street? Someone listening, what are the factors they need to look at to say, based upon what was said, this is how things will change for me?
2: Okay, as I said in the beginning, first you need to stabilize. If you look at your own, say a person looks at um, his or her own financial situation, you've got an income and you've got expenditure and you've been deeply into debt and you're actually borrowing to repay your debt, the first thing you need to do is to stabilize. Um, and in order to do that, you need to rebudget so that's exactly what they did. They, they started to rebudget from scratch and trying to reduce the borrowing to pay off their debt. Now, there's, there's another way of looking at it. Um, actually, now the deficit uh, crept up from 12.1% of their income a year ago to 15.3% percent of the income so that's the fiscal deficit that's how it's grown by three percentage points within a year now that is huge so under such circumstances you can't just expect a miracle to happen I i know everybody expected miracles but you can't get a miracle going just uh, from such a situation you're going to need to stabilize and redo your budget get rid of all the sort of uh, excesses and from there onwards go ahead. And we also know the Treasury is under huge pressure because remember there's only 7 million taxpayers uh, that has to finance the whole budget and they have to deal with a lot of issues such as uh, the free basic or free education at universities up to a certain limit uh, that also came as a surprise and also eroding a lot of the, the expenditure. And there was simply not enough uh, taxpayers to fund those all. And that's one of the reasons why um, the budget is uh, looking the way it's looking with, with uh, the deficit growing continuously. So from that point of view, you need to stabilize something before you can get to the miracle of, of growth. And supporting growth going forward.
1: Okay, what what, what about uh, we're talking about growth? And I put it earlier on the, the the projected GDP growth now is one point five percent. How much of importance do you attach to that figure?
2: Well, that's very important because if you're wrong, <coughs> you're gonna you're not going to collect the revenue you estimate it, and therefore your expenditure will exceed your revenue by more, so you'll have a bigger deficit and you have to borrow more. I think the minister stated it clearly. Currently, we're already borrowing $1.2 billion a day, and uh, the interest on that is uh, just $1 billion a day, or rand, not not dollars. So from that point of view, Growth is very, very important. If we can double the growth rate from one and a half percent to three percent, we can actually start reducing the debt and reduce that fiscal deficit. So it's it's very, very important they get the growth rate right. Otherwise, the the deficit's just going to grow.
1: Yeah, I think I think that's very important. How when you, when one compares year on year budgets, I mean, how how on the mark of the government are... Uh, on the mark or off the mark are governments on a year to year basis?
2: Well it's it's um <laughs> if you work at the Treasury you'll know it's a very difficult exercise, but they've been very far off the mark. If we if we look at the beginning of last year, they expected the economy to grow last year by one and a half percent and then the uh, final expectation or final estimate is 0.7, so half actually what they expected. But there's a lot of factors not um, not attributable to South Africa. It's a lot of international factors that contributed to that, such as a trade war uh, between the U.S. and, and uh, China, Brexit, all the... International issues also contribute to that, and there, there was also the drought we had to deal with. And yeah, when uh, we do have some own um, inflicted wounds, um, but it's not just that; it's mm. uh, a lot to do with the international circumstances. And I think if you ask any economists at the beginning of last year, there is more or less most of them expected it goes right around about one and a okay. okay. half percent. And we, we, we're going to wrap up job. in a
1: minute. Uh, uh, naturally, I see education mm. getting the biggest slice of the budget, maybe yes. maybe happily so. Uh, what's your take on the contribution in terms of the budget to, to small business?
2: Yeah, I think that's one area where we can really do a lot more is on <clears throat> creating jobs and especially in small businesses. But uh, again, it's a, it's a prioritization program from the National Treasury side, although if, if I'd been in the Treasury, I would have done a lot more for small businesses because that's actually where a lot of jobs can be created. Um, but as I said before, we need to be realistic. Um, we only have 7 million taxpayers and so much need. So, yeah, it, it's a tough one.
1: <laughs> okay, that's where we're going to leave it. Thank you for your time. Lots, uh, lots uh, to think about based upon what you've uh, just said. So appreciate that, Johan van Tonder, the financial wellness researcher and economist at uh, Momentum in terms of the budget. So we're going to talk uh, innovation now. And, and we love the fact when people come up with really innovative ideas to get people off the streets or maybe get them on the streets, but employed in a moment.